0: Algar Productions. Algar Algar. Algar. Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 302, covering Virtuoso and Memorial with Mark Bosco. Hi,
1: friends. Uh, one of them weeks. Although Bob, Bob's here, and he doesn't completely agree with that. Is that correct, Bob?
0: Hello, Bob. Uh, I am here. I do agree with that. <laughs> but, but the other part.
2: But <laughs> After a thorough check, I can establish that yes, I am indeed here.
1: I Us have saying these two Voyager episodes. Ugh, that's I not have, an assertion you completely stand
0: by. I have qualified, moderate praise for the second one. All right.
1: <laughs> okay, that's fair. I mean, you know, we'll allow it. we have other people on to, uh, <laughs> to to say things that aren't just our things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, if they say too
2: many things that aren't our things, they never return. That's
1: mm-hmm.
0: true. But
2: you shouldn't worry yourself about that.
1: No, no. God, no.
0: Oh, I won't. Good. Certainly. Okay. But I, I hope you can see my new shiny haircut. I, I got it just for you. Oh. Did
1: you? Because that, that's very strange. I got a haircut my own self, like, yesterday.
0: Huh. When Still I sold late. my
2: comb to buy you this watch,
1: fob, I was just <laughs> leading into that. Damn it, you know me too <laughs> <laughs> And the one set of hair clippings on the uh, barber's floor.
2: Was that where Jesus was fought with shaving your head?
1: Yes, that's where Jesus was shaving me. Because
2: he does not look like a guy who enjoys shaving. I will tell you that much right now. No,
1: that's you haven't seen the signs Jesus shaves.
2: That's a tremendous, uh, that's oh. a tremendous beardo right there.
1: <laughs> look, only one of us uh, on this recording is a dad, and I did not let him make the dad joke. I jumped on that. Uh, good, good, Jumped on that mine before he. Thank could. you. I respect Thank you. that choice. Although, I do have recorded proof of Bob telling terrible dad jokes, like,
0: when he was 16 years old, so... uh, Oh, do you? You should destroy that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Or I could just play it here. We'll see how it goes. We'll see just how much we disagree with you on Memorial. Oh, no!
0: (laughs) Oh, no! But
1: first, Matt. Why don't you tell us about Virtuoso?
2: How about no? What if I just didn't?
1: Well, I mean, you already wrote a summary, so, I mean, if you I guess if you true. refused because you weren't prepared, that's one thing, but <laughs> you are, you've are you already done two-thirds of the work. Why don't you just read what you wrote? I mean, I guess that's true.
2: All right. So Voyager performs tow truck duties to erase the smug aliens from the Jagoff planet, because it's not like we're in a hurry or anything. And after the Doctor hums a few pop bars of this, ep- the first of this episode's many public domain songs, not Happy Birthday, though, Mildred and Patty Hill may have the rights now, but in the 24th century, the Ferengi got them. The Jackoffians fall in love with him. See, they come from a technologically superior race with no music whatsoever. So it's time to reenact a Star Trek tradition that not seen since TNG, unfortunately, the recital. While the Jackoffians continue to throw random balled-up towels of praise at the doctor... They spurn other so- musicians like Harry Kim and his swinging jazz combo, The Kim Tones. Yes, that is a real band name. No, <laughs> nobody was suitably punished for it. The Doc's celebrity grows and grows, and eventually he's asked to stay behind on the planet to yell opera at these morons. When he thinks a semi-attractive woman is hitting on him and desperate for companionship after the end of his three-year-long relationship and loss of his son last week, he decides to stay There's a brief fight with Janeway over whether or not he can actually leave the ship, much like if your first aid kit decided it wanted to leave to pursue a career as a suitcase. But the doc (laughs) eventually stays when the lady he was into literally napsters him. Then there are seven musical numbers, because God hates all of us. The end!
1: (laughs) Yay! You know, something I noticed, and it's been going on for a few weeks, a listener pointed this out, but I I had already noticed it, Uh, the memory alpha entries for... The Voyager episodes we're in now have Mm. suddenly gotten much less detailed.
2: I have Mm -hmm. noticed that as a trend. Whenever the episode is really, really bad, they get really, really short.
1: It's not that it's it's Voyager as of about mid season five, early season six that just there's no details anymore. Like yeah. maybe whatever episode guide they were pulling from didn't go that far. Maybe somebody I, got lazy. I don't
0: know. I was looking ahead to next week episodes and I think one of them like stops two thirds of the way through the episode. Wow.
1: <laughs> oh, it doesn't even have the full like summary in there. Yeah. That's oh, impressive
0: wow. <laughs> considering
2: how like well maintained that place usually is, except for when we try to slip stuff into
1: it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Matt.
2: Incidentally, if anyone wants to put in that Harry Kim's swinging jazz combo, the, tim- the Kim Tones is fucking stupid. I'd love to see how long that takes to get shut down. Well,
1: that, that's what I was building for here, because that is a real thing that uh, that, that, that happened, and uh, mm-hmm. there was no apology in Memory Alpha, because <laughs> nope. sometimes when there is a terrible thing, we'll see someone say, yeah, that was a misstep. But I Kim would tones, love to see the quote oh. from
2: Brendan Braga, like, you know, the thing I'm most proud about from that episode is that I could the voice. Could intru- I could finally, oh, excuse me. The thing I'm most proud about from that episode is oh, that yeah. I could finally introduce Harry Kim's swinging jazz combo to Kim Tones. Boy, we were all really excited when we invented that idea.
0: Maybe he was just really into Bela Fleck while they were doing this episode.
1: I maybe, but I feel like that was already a reference then. Like I think <laughs> something in the something tones has been around for quite some time. Mm, so maybe I don't know, but it's still Harry and it's still terrible.
2: I feel like yeah. Harry would have spent a lot, way longer trying to think up the name for his jazz combo. Yeah. Also, I feel like everyone <laughs> in that in his jazz combo secretly hates that they're called the Kim Tones, but he's Harry <laughs> Kim. So what the fuck are you gonna do? Complain to the captain?
1: No, I feel like everyone in the Kimtones is being punished in some way. <laughs> Instead of KP duty, you're going to be in the Kimtones this week. Wow, well, I mean, really, KP? <laughs> that means you got to work with Neelix. That that's that's going a little far. Yeah,
2: let's not go. To, let's not go nuts here. We save that for
1: the very serious infractions. <laughs> I'm
2: afraid I need to shave your head so that I can serve dinner.
1: Yes. Ah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we this this episode, as Matt pointed out, had a lot of music in it, and and at one point uh, Harry played his clarinet and the Doctor sang at the same time. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, they sure did.
1: Hooray! <laughs> I I liked the Doctor singing at first. I really thought it was a nice. I think little it's a great part detail. of his character. Like, uh-huh. yeah, but it's all his character now. Like that's the main thing about him now.
2: It's like it's it's like the writers and picardo both fell in love with the idea at the same time and now they're both just working together to always be doing it well, and
0: I, it's i almost amazing. feel like this i almost feel like this episode is like okay you, you like singing here smoke the whole pack of cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah
1: ex- except now we're addicted to singing and we have to keep doing it even though it's killing us <laughs> oh man i
2: hate Voyagee the voyager sprite <laughs>
1: No, it it it's like um I I think I made this reference on the show before, but it really would be like if Gates McFadden tap danced in every episode of Next Gen. <laughs> Enough already! You can do that. You have that talent. That's cute that you worked it in once, but yeah. let's move on now. Like the if,
0: dancing Doctor Four, the Doctor dances back. Like,
2: if you're if you're if if you don't over overuse this stuff, they're great additions to the character. The fact that. The fact that Beverly could tap dance was like a neat thing that came out of nowhere and it's like a mm-hmm. like a weird part of her character. It's the same with the doctor. I love that it's a thing that he's sort of – as he's becoming more and more of a real person and less and less of like a hologram, I love mm-hmm. that this is like a, th- a part of his personality that's developing. Yeah. We
1: don't need to fucking see it every week. No, and honestly, I would like it if he, you know, constantly exploring humanity was into a different like weird art form every week or something, well, you know, we- like – he mm-hmm. painted for a while and sculpted for a while and and did poetry, you know, like just uh, mix
2: it up a little. Well, like the the one that they've done really well so far is his photography thing. Like the dude is like super into oh, yeah. taking pictures of like alien planets and stuff, and he asks other people to do it for him when he can't go down to the planet. That's mm-hmm. been like a great thing. Like the same idea, but they don't have to. But do But they a don't build episodes episode around it. it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Although an episode that's co- completely devoted to the Doctor slideshow is one that would be very easy to summarize
1: <laughs> so, true that's a and I would I would probably enjoy it more than this yep I mean mm-hmm. there were things to like about this episode I it, it wasn't like the worst of
2: I, the worst th- or anything It certainly had some funny moments
0: yeah. yeah I kind of felt like I liked the uh you know the whole conceit of him getting a little full of himself with the music but it felt like a story that it could have been told in half the time and it just went on
2: well, like the, since he having him already be full of himself and then have an entire planet suddenly just dis- suddenly start <laughs> yeah, parroting full back of him. what he thinks about himself, that's pretty uh-huh. funny. Yeah. I don't know, if, but it's I don't know if it's worth an episode.
1: But this is this is my bad thing. I mean, there's a place for stories about fleeting fame and the shallow self absorption of celebrities, and that place is a hundred million hack comedies. I won't say Star Trek definitely shouldn't address this thing, but if they are, maybe they should do it in a way that isn't done in every sitcom and every bad comedy movie. And every, like, this is the same dumb story. Oh, I won't let fame change me. Oh, fame has changed me. Uh, It seems like it's from
0: some, like, teen Disney (laughs) TV show. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh, I'm in the play and now everyone loves me. (laughs) Yep. But, but Doctor, you
1: forgot who your real friends are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and every probably tgif mac can you verify that i absolutely can <laughs> okay. every single one that
2: wa- that like wasn't I never a, s- that wasn't about learning that drugs are bad
1: oh no no that's a different episode that was that's... that was a couple weeks ago when seven was uh, uh jacking up her brain and and went
0: crazy yep. a very special episode of voyager
1: tonight that, effectively that's what it was yeah basically
2: <laughs> tonight on a very special episode of voyager seven ex- uh, seven uses speed for the first time
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> And then she got all crazy paranoid and turned everyone against her and tried to run away. And, mm-hmm. like, that was that was mm-hmm. such a very special episode. And then started
0: yep.
2: singing for some reason,
0: which was odd. Well, yeah. I like that one better. Can we watch that one instead? Sure. I would like
1: to. This, <laughs> this right. season was off to a pretty good start. Like, we had, like, three or four in a row I really liked, but now here, here we, we Fairhaven said, okay, no, no more of that.
2: <laughs> yeah, back in the crap factory.
1: And, uh, <laughs> Uh, back to the Crap bad. Factory,
2: by the way, is the word Back to the Future sequel.
1: <laughs> oh, see, I thought that was the, uh, the Kim Tones' first album.
2: <laughs> no, that's their second wow. album, When they because they have to go back to the Crap back to, Factory. Back, of course. Right. <laughs> no, their first album is called Return of Bruno. <laughs> uh, of
1: <course. laughs> it's called I'm a Big Wheel at the Crap Factory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> since we're doing bad things, Bob, what do you got?
0: Um... I I was I I didn't believe the bit where Kate is going to let the doctor resign. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's their only real medical doctor. It's like dooming everyone to die of some stupid disease in a few months. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Like I, I, I can't Paris believe she charge? would ever do that. Yeah.
1: I I agree, but this was actually my good thing. Not I'm like I don't I don't even disagree with you about that being something they couldn't do just for practical mm-hmm. reasons, but but I liked the um the, the ethical dilemma of, you know, we keep talking about him being a, a an individual, be, being an autonomous person. Yeah. Does that mean he can leave? Mm-hmm. Like, that's an interesting question to explore. And this is exactly what happened in Blink of an Eye last week for me. It shows up well past the halfway point. This is the interesting part of the episode. And it's like in the last 10 or 15 minutes. And Absolutely. it's like, this is what the episode should have been about, mm-hmm. is really exploring. Like, do, do do kind of a measure of a man thing. Do like, <laughs> what, like. Is the doctor isn't allowed to be a person?
0: Yeah, I could see that, but isn't that how stories work, though, Al? Isn't there like you know some setup stuff and then the interesting bit happens halfway through?
2: You are, uh. you are normally correct, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but most stories do not involve uh, several terrible songs
1: throughout. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how stories work on uh, like this is how stories work on Voyager. Well, correct. all
0: right, yeah, yeah. No, I I totally agree with you on that. I think it's a really interesting dilemma, but I think it was yeah. very quickly dissolved, uh, resolved, and, you know, we didn't really get to explore that, you know, like you said, that's the interesting part. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's that's the evolution of the Doctor's character. That's the, like, that's a really interesting place to take this this long-running argument of he's a person. Mm-hmm. We got to treat yeah. him like a person. He's not just a machine. But on the other hand, you guys still clearly see him as a machine, so there's a good debate here. Like, yeah. what... What, and I'm what also is the
0: answer. I'm also not 100% clear. Is like, is, does he, he embodies like their entire medical database. So if he leaves, then they don't have that information anymore. I don't, or? It, it,
2: it, they uh, made a point of him being separate from the actual computer, but being able to access it. It's weird. It doesn't make sense, but that's what's hmm. been set up so far.
1: But he so, also, okay. he also definitely holds the medical database. Cause at one point in the episode, he wants to delete the <laughs> medical database from his own brain. Mm-hmm. Right. So that he can make room for singing? more singing.
0: Yeah. yeah. More
1: singing. Which, maybe go maybe go delete the 3 years you lived on that planet. Maybe go delete all the other lives you keep going and living. But like,
2: what about my son Jason?
1: Uh, yeah. I can't forget
2: the and, memories of my beloved son Jason who's been getting that dead sports for team that he years now.
0: <laughs> the sports team that he really loved. He's got to keep that.
2: Yeah, the fighting yeah, well, of course. Science fiction words. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: Uh, I just, like, there was there was a kernel of an interesting idea here that they didn't do very much mm. with. And, and, of course, my immediate thought was, okay, why don't you just copy him? And then they did that. Yeah, which was great, by the way. I actually like that, except that they then turned him into, like, I think it would have been much more interesting to explore the idea of what if you did copy him? Is that another doctor? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. go into that whole thing. Instead, it was the joke of the aliens copied him and turned him into a better singer, and also he looked more like them. Well, better. <laughs> well, better for what they wanted. I don't know how
2: much this was addressed, but it seemed like they, like it was the tones he was making. Like mm-hmm. I, they were really not super specific about it.
0: He but couldn't it, sing like, high enough.
1: Yeah, but yeah. They like, built autocorrect into the new version of mm. him, is what it is. <laughs> or uh, excuse me, auto tune, not auto. <laughs>
2: I see you're trying to sing a really high song. Yeah. That's
0: a different <laughs> Can I make thing some entirely. suggestions? Hmm. I think it would have been an interesting dilemma to just falling back on that. If it wasn't the people on the planet that duplicated him, but they had to, you know, duplicate him on the ship. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, there, if he duplicated himself as a way to, to solve the problem, maybe. Yeah. And then
1: every, everyone could be like, whoa, wait a minute. This is, this is ethically strange or yeah. him
2: finding it like him deciding to duplicate himself because he wants like a bigger staff or something. Yeah. And then like, oh shit, this was weird. This was an odd choice. Why did I do this?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. and like I wonder if they were trying to stay away from that ethical dilemma a bit because they were trying to make it more of a comedy episode, but mm-hmm. I, you know, like duplicating the doctor, I think that could lead to a ton of, you know, yeah. farcical nonsense that they probably like sure. Well,
1: and once again, we're writing a better episode than they wrote, but that's, that <laughs> seems to be what we do on this show these days. Mm.
2: this show show's eventually just going to turn into like Voyager fan fiction.
1: The thing is, and no. I, I maintain we are we are amateur writers at best. like we have self-published, yeah. but we're not really like professional writers. And yet, off the top of our heads with with no rehearsing in in a, a one hour time frame, we consistently come up with better ideas than these guys do. Uh,
0: yep. yeah, but to be fair, we're not writing the episode. We're just like throwing out, "Oh, this would be an interesting idea," mm-hmm. and you know, not sitting down for a week and actually writing the thing. Still, though, so.
2: Discovery. I know. I know you're you're having problems. Give us a call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we uh, will work surprisingly cheap.
1: Yeah. Oh, I would. I I would write for Star Trek literally for nothing. If I got a credit, that would be fine. Me.
2: Oh fuck, I won't. But I'll write. I'll do it for cheap. <laughs> <laughs> my time, uh, Matt, my you... time has value, Al.
1: <laughs> That's uh, right, huh?
2: So, uh, I can play video some of that... games.
1: Of course. <laughs> why don't you use some of that time to tell us what your bad thing was?
2: I hate the aliens in this planet. All right, on this in this episode, I hate them. I hate the whole race of we're superior. What's music? We only want the Doctor to sing. People like they all come off as just a bad joke, like like early TNG Ferengi bad joke. <laughs> mm. Also, how do you, as a species, not de- or as a uh, as a civilization, not develop music? Did no one in the entire race ever go, mm, and then think oh, that sounded weird? What if I did this? <laughs> mm. I don't know. It's music. I invented it.
1: It's perfectly Star Trek to say we like there's there's a culture that didn't come up with something that seems obvious to us. I had no problem with that. No, it was fucking dumb. <laughs> All right, I I do think their arrogance got a little. Like, I yeah. think they're they're tweaking the Doctor's air, like. It was always funny that the doctor was arrogant, and I think mm-hmm. they're taking it a little too far recently in the last season or so. Mm-hmm. And then escalating it further by making a whole society that's even more arrogant than him is just like, oh, enough.
0: Yeah. Oh. I didn't mind I the I, music thing, but their, their arrogance was just like broad farce levels of arrogance. Yeah. And it was okay,
2: just, uh, we get it. You're superior. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it, it was, I guess, meant to be funny, but it was mm-hmm. mostly just irritating. Although I mm-hmm. did
2: think their planet was really cool looking. That a very, I didn't like a bit like the shots of the planet with like all the all the ships and stuff flying around it.
1: Oh, that yes, yeah. yeah. I, mm, what mm-hmm. I'm talking about is the there was there is a an establishing shot of their city that was the exact same establishing shot that we got of Bajoran <laughs> cities. Yeah, no, that of, place.
2: No, the, their actual planet looks like fucking Bajor.
1: Yeah, it, it's just the same recycled matte painting, and it's like, come on, you guys have been doing so well with all the space stuff. Are you just not even trying with the planet stuff yeah. anymore? No, we. Well, we,
0: you know they They can only pay their mat painter so much, so he only does one a season or something or, yeah. they, or they or they shifted all the money to the c g guys and
1: just like, yeah, we could just keep using the same matte painting.
0: yeah,
2: yeah here's that matte painting you wanted this is the same <laughs> as the last one yeah, well, uh, shut I, up
1: I only paint one thing i, I but I, I have to t- i have to do what my muse tells me <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh Bob, what was your good thing? Uh, my good thing. I really loved Seven's snarky tantrum when the doctor leaves. Oh,
1: it's great. Oh, yeah.
0: I just it was glorious. I it, he completely deserves it, and um, and he's the closest friend that she has. I I kind of feel so. It seemed really justified to me, mm-hmm. and I I thought it was delicious. No, it's it's yeah, it's, the-
2: it's great. And it's really sweet. It's actually like that. Sort of ties into my good thing, which is like she writes him a fan mail at the end, and just, their mm-hmm. their whole friendship is just very sweet.
1: Yeah, no. I yeah. wish those two would just hook up. Yeah, like, that would be great. That'd be cool. Not that not that everyone has to hook up. My I but ship them. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Like <laughs> she's she is heartbroken that he's going to leave. Yeah, she's clearly just and sh- you can be friend heartbroken. It doesn't have to be romantic. But yeah, I know they're setting her up to hook her up with someone. And if that's going to happen, I would rather it be him than who it ends up being.
2: I would rather scoop my eyes out with a spoon than see what that see that happen.
0: Yeah, well, well, I don't really know who it is, so I'm gonna you. go. La la, well, la 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 If you've, if you've
1: read the Fifty Year Mission, you know, because they say it in there. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, oh, man, that might be
2: for the best. Like
1: <laughs> we've also already spoiled it on the show, so mm-hmm. yeah.
0: It's
2: Chakotay.
0: I'm gonna pretend I don't know, Matt. <laughs> Look, it could be worse. It could be Harry. <laughs> it's not Chakotay. Thank you, Matt. Good save, Matt. Could be job.
1: Like, there are, there are pe- worse people it could be, mm-hmm. mm. certainly, but I wish it was the doctor. And that's actually what put the idea in my head in the first place was Jerry Ryan saying, yeah, I don't know why they didn't hook me up with the doctor. There was obviously chemistry there, and then like for the some reason they went this way. Let's mm. go yeah.
2: with the guy with the least amount of chemistry with anyone on the entire show.
1: <laughs> Including yeah. himself. Yeah. The <laughs> neutralizing <laughs> chemical that takes any kind of chemistry out of anyone else. <laughs>
2: Oh, I, lo- I love you more than anyone, piece of driftwood.
1: <laughs> oh no, no. Now we've upgraded the piece of driftwood to Caitlin's loaf of bread. <laughs> I, love, I
2: love you, Caitlyn's loaf of bread.
1: Yeah. <laughs> o- officially, pa-canonically, he is a loaf of bread now. <laughs> White bread? Um, I don't know. Uh, probably. With the whitest of <laughs> breads. Yeah, he's got that little tattoo, like, uh, toasted
0: into him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, otherwise. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to offend.
1: No, you didn't.
2: No, I think you're okay.
0: Yeah. I just meant the bland to spread. Yes. Yeah, I know. He's boring.
2: Look, if <laughs> Robert Beltram writes to complain, in to complain, we'll uh, we'll pass <laughs> the letter on to you.
1: We uh, Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I would go to his house and personally apologize. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just picture you holding like a boombox outside for some reason. <laughs> Robert!
1: <laughs> just playing the Voyager song? Yeah. Uh, playing Robert. Playing the various public domain songs from this episode.
2: <laughs> of which happy birthday is not one.
1: No, those miserly old crones wouldn't allow it. <laughs> Still. Mm. Uh, let's see. We did bad things, we did good things. What else? Uh, what other
2: things can we talk about?
1: The thing I like I said there was a lot to like in the episode. I just didn't like the overall like Structure of it, but like the 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 thing about the doctor, can he leave? Can he not leave? The thing with seven, they, like mm-hmm. there was some good stuff in there. There was some really good sarcastic Kate.
2: Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm.
1: she had some great eye roll moments. Some great, what the fuck are you doing to my ship moments? Like uh, the her her reactions to most of this were my reactions to most of this, which is like, ugh, stop. what are
2: you doing? <laughs> I I, <laughs> yeah, I love when uh, when she burst when she busted on his signing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she, uh, ah, Catherine, <laughs> I am glad you could come since when did you start calling me Catherine?
0: yeah <laughs> and she had a great line near the end when uh you know he was he was giving his last performance he had his you know tuxedo with tails on and oh uh, god so that was then he a finally great line. he finally decides to come back to the ship he's just like so you've taken off your tails and put them between your legs
2: <laughs> yep <laughs>
0: quite good loved it
2: i feel no, like she, she i feel like she'd been working on that one all night uh, I know there's he,
1: something here. Tails turn to. Ta- Damn it! More coffee. I can now figure this out. When he comes
2: out. back begging to come back on the ship, what should I say? <laughs> She's uh, got like a
1: writer's room set up in the uh, conference room, just like spitballing <laughs> jokes until she finds it. Paris, what do you think?
2: You gotta cut uh, him to the quick.
1: Something from a '50s sitcom. I don't know. Get out of uh,
2: here! Why not I even hire you? You're <laughs> you're all fired. Get me a can good. We get back to Earth. Room. You're
1: going back to jail.
0: <laughs> oh. Wait, I'm going back to Earth?
1: (laughs) Yay! (laughs) No, they're just, they're being a tow truck, as Matt said. (laughs) I mean, if the Enterprise was a fire truck.
2: Yeah, I mean, at least the Enterprise had the, uh, had the (laughs) dignity of being a fire truck.
1: I mean, that is more dignified than tow truck, but it's still not as dignified as Starship.
2: Oh, the old truck ranking, uh, with with Starship at the top.
1: (laughs) Yup, tugboat. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah, it is a tugboat, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Which is an
0: inherently funny word. I don't know why, but it is.
1: So,
2: uh, (laughs) where can we drop you guys off?
0: It's hard to say six times fast. I'm not going to try.
2: Tugboat? Yeah. Tugboat, 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 tugboat. No?
0: No? All right. I guess I was wrong. (laughs) Oh, that's Toy Boat. Oh, yeah, toy boats, man! Boat, toy, boat, yep.
2: toy, boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. There you go. Okay, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. you're just good at this, man. Uh, yep. It's
2: it's my Canadian
1: palate.
0: That must be it. <laughs> mm-hmm. huh. All right.
2: Anything Back home, else, we guys... all the time be talking about tugboats and toy boats and how they can <laughs> tug or toy with one another.
1: <laughs> well, you were you were in a gang called the toy boats, weren't you? And you fought the tugboats quite frequently. Yes, there was
2: <laughs> constant snapping.
1: Yeah, I figured as much. do you you have a quote al (laughs) no i sure don't all right good (laughs) matt do you have a quote uh i do (laughs) and it is uh
2: this is from uh the doctor finding out that uh he's been duplicated because it was easier than just having him come to live on the planet
1: why did you do that tinku music is more than mathematics and i am much more than a program with musical subroutines all of my experience, all of my passion goes into every note that I sing. When you listen to me, when my singing moves you, you're not just hearing notes. You're hearing my artistry, my soul. I've
2: duplicated that, too. Yeah. And I love, I love his outrage. I want to, I want to pour it on pancakes. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just like, you, <laughs> you. You, you can't copy me, the passion I feel. No, we did. It was really easy. But yeah, that the, was
1: just this little line of code here. See? It's just like heart, three lines.
2: The, the heart, the passion, the soul. Yep, nailed all of that.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Let us then push forward to the other episode, Bob's favorite episode, <laughs>
0: Memorial. Uh, yep. Harry, Tom, Chuck, and Neelix come back from two weeks away collecting dilithium. Unfortunately, the sonic shower on the Delta Flyer broke down on day three, so Neelix is the only one who's happy about this. (laughs) Kate burns a scented candle in the window to keep their B.O. at bay. (laughs) While they were away, Belle replicated a TV from 1956 with a remote, with commercials, and popcorn as a gift for Tom. Then Tom mansplains to her that there weren't remote controls in 1956, even though there were, and makes her replicate him a beer. Bang, zoom! To infinity and beyond, Alice! (laughs) Nice. Unfortunately, Paris has one too many beers and falls asleep in front of the TV, dreaming he's in a war movie. And you were there, Harry, and you were there, Chuck, and you get the picture. Pretty soon, most of the crew was there, and Neelix takes the wee baby in hostage at knife point, and Chuck bolts straight up out of a dream, gasping, but he's not nearly as good at it as Counselor Troy is. <clears throat> so, so much... Sherlock Holmesing later, Kate figures out that even though they all feel like they were really in that war movie, it was just a static-filled late-night TV broadcast from the antenna on the inner light's planet goatee-wearing evil twin. (laughs) (laughs) Neelix convinces everyone that this is a good thing, and they decide to fix the degrading signal so that everyone who passes through can now experience the war as they were meant to in full sense-around smell-o-vision.
2: Hooray. Bob, I just I just want to say, the inner light planet's goatee-wearing evil twin is delightful <laughs> to me.
1: See, I personally am sick of the goatee evil twin thing, but apparently there's still life left in that, so we're <laughs> I, I,
2: I just want you to picture a planet with a goatee. Just...
1: Just, just yeah. picture it in your mind's eye, it's, it's wonderful. Oh, no, that's not stupid, but the planet with the hole in it last week, that was stupid. That's correct, Al. Okay, just, just clarifying. You I'm not perf- really defending either one, I'm just clarifying. You perfectly deduced how this works. Okay. I think I has the solution. <laughs> I For the very first bit of this episode, I was worried that Tom's TV was haunted.
2: <laughs> I, I wish this was about Tom's haunted TV.
1: Yeah, but Ooh, this show scary. has burned me so many times in such a specific way that I really thought they were just doing some dumb Twilight Zone thing where he got a new TV and everything he saw on the TV was happening to him or some dumb thing like that. Like the movie's great stay on the tuned. Twilight Zone, but uh, kind of more like, like, I think there was a Twilight Zone like that. And it worked mm-hmm. there because it was the Twilight Zone
0: Wait, where, you know,
1: tuned? you could see things that happened. To, no, and stay tuned. They got sucked into the TV.
2: That was it. Okay, good. All right.
1: No, I'm pretty sure there was a Twilight Zone or Outer Limits or something like that. One of those anthology shows where the TV showed things that were about to happen, mm-hmm. and if you you know if you watched it right, you would know, you would have knowledge of the future or whatever. Or maybe it was a newspaper or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, it just it felt like it was going to be that, or like oh boy, here we go. And and the thing is, it sounds stupid, but the show does stuff like that.
2: I I was actually shocked by how quickly I figured out what the fuck was going on.
1: Yeah, me mm. too. Like I, I wasn't because it's the same damn thing we've seen fifty times already. Like
2: I'm like I'm like I'm like eight minutes into this and it's like, okay, so fucking alien race has had a war and now they've got now they built a big pipe to beam fucking their post-traumatic yeah, it's stress Yes, a big and, pipe. Yeah, big pipe.
0: Uh-huh. To, it's a series of tubes. Uh yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: no, no, it's one big pipe that has a piranha plant that comes out of it and shoots bad memories out of it like fireballs. <laughs> I got a whole, I got a whole metaphor set up here.
1: All right. Only Luigi is garbage for fighting against it. Just too <laughs>
2: Luigi is wonderful.
1: No, Luigi is terrible. He jumps Ooh, way Loui-
2: too high. Luigi Adams. way too
1: high. Anyway, my, my bad thing is effectively what you were just saying. This is such a classic Brandon Braga premise. Everyone's remembering things that uh-huh. didn't actually happen. We've seen, we haven't seen one of these in a while. For the record, I still hate this kind of story, I a lot. I guess it's good to see one every now and then to remind us how terrible they are. You know, like experiencing a war to warn you how bad war is. Like this episode serves as a reminder that Brandon Braga still
0: writes shitty premises. Sure does. I, this is this is uh, this is not my good thing, but I, this is where I disagree with you. Where I feel okay. like if it hadn't been. Again, if it hadn't been, like, the sixth version of this kind of story that we've seen before... Yeah, you, you can take see that we've seen this a
1: lot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But, okay. I mean, I have, too. I've been watching every episode right along yeah. with you guys. No, I say we, including you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the, I, it feels like if you look at it as a standalone episode, I really liked, uh, the you know, the way it played out. And, uh, you know, it, it's... I don't know. Okay, I, so I, do you...
1: Well do you feel like they took the idea that they've been doing several times over and they finally perfected it or at least got it better than they had before?
0: Yeah, maybe so. Okay. Maybe so. I mean they just just the way it played out with the the cast, um and you know, some of the stuff that they did with uh you know how the how the progression went between, you know, showing each of the the people getting their own little flashbacks and then the scene that they did where they're all obviously kind of have these memories and know the history and they're telling the story together. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought that that scene worked incredibly well. Oh, wow. see I found it tedious cuz really? I knew none of this
1: was going to matter, none of it actually happened to them and none of it like by the end of the episode they were just going to ride away and forget it all. Yeah. Hmm. See this like is- it, they weren't experiences these guys went through so they don't matter to me, you know what I mean? Like were okay, but on I, planet we've never seen before. So who in cares?
0: Ter- in terms of the story, they did go through it. I mean, they said the doctor says that the memories are permanent, and they'll always have this. You know, like okay, they'll, they'll you, always feel like they did this. So,
1: do you want to throw some money down on this ever coming up again?
0: Oh no, absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay,
1: see, that's all I'm saying. Nothing happened to change these characters in any way because next week they're not going to remember it ever happened. See,
2: that's the thing. This is my bad thing. Yeah. Is that like I can't watch this episode without thinking about the much much better PTSD episode Star Trek did uh, about uh, Chief O'Brien goes to prison.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, that was one of the most powerful fucking episodes of DS9 ever. That, mm-hmm. like, him being in prison ruined his life. This inconvenienced everyone for about a week. And yeah. kept the wee baby childman away from Neelix, so I guess it wasn't <laughs> all bad. Um, but, like, it's... It, I. While I'm watching the episode, I'm like, you guys, it, you've already nailed the PTSD thing in one of the best fucking episodes of a TV
1: show I've ever seen. Yeah, but Matt, we've, we've, these guys don't watch Star Trek. No, that is true. They've never seen that. Like, seriously, they, <laughs> by their own admission, have mm-hmm. not seen most of the episodes that they're duplicating because th- they don't watch Star Trek because Star Trek is for yeah. nerds.
2: But Al, I have. Al, I've seen so much Star Trek.
1: Yeah, I've sure seen the same Star Trek over and over again.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, when you've done whatever it's, was it was, it's been 600 plus episodes now. Yeah. I guess you're going to start repeating yourself.
1: Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I just, uh, this premise in particular just annoys me. I don't get yeah. what the point of it is. Like, from the perspective of the people on the planet... What difference does it make? Like, why would you drive people to near murderous levels of post-traumatic stress
2: it's, it's, just to remember well, your war that happened long after It's such a shitty like, thing to do to strangers, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, I get that your war wiped out your civilization or whatever, and you want people to remember that. That's fine. That is completely yeah. fine. I think that you should have a memorial. I think that you should have... If you have access to this technology, you should be able to inform other people of the wrongs that you have committed. But randomly punching fucking a war into complete strangers with all of the insane side effects that that could cause is horrible.
1: Yeah. Like I didn't agree with the uh, inner light aliens doing that to Picard. Like and that was mm. largely inoffensive, but that, this, uh, that guy like, had a nice
2: quiet life mostly. Yeah, <laughs>
1: these these guys were almost murdering each other, and other like less restrained people probably would murder each other.
2: Yeah, like a well, small child was almost hurt. Bob, you point this out in the ep- in your su- in your summary. A small beloved cast member. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, you know, maybe from the perspective of the people who set this up, they don't, you know, there's like, you know, maybe a three planet system where they all know each other and they don't deal with any outsiders. So people going to this planet know that they're going to be going through this experience and they're not, you know, prepared for, you know, Voyager to come nosing around where it's not welcome.
1: I, I guess. But then de- why not just leave it broken? I, <laughs> like, why yeah. fix it?
2: No, I, would, uh, look, I would definitely accept that these people had a bad idea.
1: Yeah. But they but That's then the most at the end of this episode, thing on this episode. But then at the end of the episode they're like no, people need to keep going through this bullshit we went through. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's fix it.
0: But like, Kate what? has this big uh, you know, speech about it and everything mm-hmm. and and she convinced me and and now you're convincing me of the opposite. <laughs> and... So what
1: that you're was telling actually... me is you're very easily swayed.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. My my bad thing was related to that that it was Neelix that was the one to convince them to not deactivate it. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. we, we if you watch through that scene it feels like it's it's just about to be like Kate's going to make the decision no we should leave it the way it is it's not our civilization let's get mm-hmm. going. Uh, but instead there's this, this moment where uh, Chuck is like uh, <clears throat> I think we should shut it off. Catherine <laughs> And mm-hmm. it was like, what? Where did this come from? <laughs> He's in front of other people. He doesn't call her captain. Oh, he and she's every just like, and then lapses into that weird familiarity, and I never know
1: where it comes from. Yeah. yeah. Like, it and feels she,
2: intentional, but, like, not.
1: No, yeah, like you point out, Bob, it's in front of people. It's not like an intimate moment between the two of them, like right. their, their quiet dinner together. Right. It's, you know, in and she company.
0: just it, it feels like she's kind of distracted thinking about it, you know, herself, and she's like, mm-hmm, okay, whatever. And then Neelix says, wait, wait, wait. What about this? And she's I like, oh. I have something to say. Oh, yeah. Do, yeah. do the voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're oh, right. Bob. What? Neelix. Neelix. voice. Oh. Oh, wait. What about this? <laughs> there you go.
1: The
2: chair recognizes the gentleman from Talaxia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, man, the clown from Talaxia. Let's be <laughs> clear.
0: <laughs> I will.
1: I will say. Don't though, you think their
0: civilization is important? <laughs> That's a good I, Neelix,
1: Bob. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's better than our Neelixes, I would say. Neelacies. <laughs> no, I. I will. This is a very rare thing to hear from me. Uh-huh. I will give Neelix, like uh, Ethan Phillips, some credit. Like, oh my god, the first, the first bit of Neelix going a little dark. I mm-hmm. actually thought he didn't overplay. He didn't like go crazy clown man with it. He actually just went a little dark and a little
0: subtle. and it's Although, like he's stabbing those potatoes in a really weird way, though.
1: Uh, yeah, but that's just bad. Like, that's just bad prop management there. He's just a bad cook. And
2: yeah. he also defended the wee baby wildman as opposed yeah. to trying to stab her with a knife. Yeah. Right. But no, Which initially, he I does... Appreciate.
1: He, because we've done a couple other episodes where he's gone evil or gone like a little, you know, like a little on the margins, a little rough. And like this time it was almost believable and mm-hmm. decent acting. And I'm reluctant to point that out, but I feel like I should because I'm always ragging on the guy. But yeah, they, there might be a decent actor buried in there somewhere. He just makes bad choices.
0: I, I'll i agree with uh, your your praise of him because there's a scene about halfway through with that he has with Seven of Nine that is just like a really, you know... Nice, dramatic, touching scene between oh, yeah. the two of them.
2: That is a mm-hmm. really good scene. The, uh, yeah. How do you deal with atrocities, uh, scene? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're what absolutely right. That's a great scene. Because,
0: you know, Neelix has Elix this Elix new scene. knowledge of, like, I feel like I've done this horrible thing. And it's like, and he asks and You've Seven, done this times a million. You know, so. Yeah. You did these Borg things. Do you ever feel regret? And she's like, Yeah, all the time. Hey, I'll-
2: Seven, let me ask you something. You've killed like a billion fucking people, right?
1: <laughs> how do you how get do up you in sleep? the morning? <laughs> yeah, no, and honestly, her answer is very similar to the way I try to deal with mental illness, mm. which is because you have to. Yeah, because keep going, because you do have these voices screaming in your head. But what are you going to do? Lie down and just wait for death or no, get up? Yep. and move. No,
2: there's work to be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And that's that, that's very much in line with how I look at that kind of mm-hmm. thing is like, yes, it is horrible. But you know what? Get up and move because what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. And I like that. And it's very seven, also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
0: yeah, I totally and
2: Just yet another God, I love seven moment. So, <laughs>
0: and that's and that's another you know point toward like what I'm saying that if you look at this episode by itself, there's really good moments and it's really well put together, but it's, you know, even though there's that, that element, that's a recurring element that we wish wasn't. Sure. I, it's again, so much of the episode is stuff that didn't happen to these
1: characters. It ultimately doesn't matter. That's my big problem with it. And it's a, it's a reality freak out. Like people think one thing happened, but really another thing happened. And my biggest argument is th- when they're going to the planet, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of these guys who are, are holding weapons and suffering, actively suffering from these hallucinations of violence mm-hmm. and s- dealing with this post-traumatic stress. You know, Seven and Tuvok and Pro- I'm sure the doctor aren't experiencing those things. Maybe give them the weapons. <laughs> maybe maybe don't let sure. like, the captain and, and, and Chakotay and all these people who are seeing soldiers who aren't really there. Maybe... Take the phasers out of their hands until we get this all sorted out. How about that? There are just some people who aren't affected.
0: Mm-hmm. Replicated padded room.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> or just give the phaser to Tuvok.
2: He's the security guy anyway. Man, Neelix is really freaking out. I should give him a loaded phaser rifle. That could be yeah. fun. Uh-
1: I mm-hmm. mean, he's not even technically part of the crew, but sure, let's just give him a gun.
0: Isn't he like he's a ambassador? And he's like, <sighs> is he ever part of security, or was uh, that the flash believe, forward that didn't actually happen?
1: I
2: believe he is officially ambassador to radishes. <laughs> I believe That's a long-standing Starfleet
1: like. tradition at this point. Yes.
2: Yep. <laughs>
1: No, that that is a, that was a sort of side flash forward that didn't end, end up happening. That was a year of hell, and I think one other time, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, right. You're right. There's so many fake realities on this show, it's hard to keep them straight. Oh, but, my God. There's so many. Uh, <laughs> half, the, half of this show never even happened, and that's why this <laughs> kind of episode bothers me, because
0: half the shit I watch
1: doesn't even count. Well. Uh, Matt, what's your good thing? Do I, need, I must have one.
2: Oh, vacuum
1: <laughs> action! Well, I, yeah, I saw that and I was what? hoping you would clarify because I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> uh, there's a
2: scene where. Uh, where
1: oh, okay, yeah.
2: Belana and Paris are watching old ass TV on his old ass TV and it features an ad for this new vacuum which has vacuum action! Oh. <laughs> and it I think all the me. stuff
1: there. I think much in the way that all the songs in the last episode were public domain. I think all the TV stuff they were watching is now in the public domain as well. Uh, that
2: hockey game <laughs> certainly
1: was. I recognize that cartoon as being one of those sort of old, like fly, maybe not actually Fleischer, but fly, mm-hmm. like in that same that same neighborhood, that same era of like cartoons that they didn't copyright properly, and now anyone can use them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen,
2: listen, Star Trek. I moved <laughs> all the way to America, where no one gives a flying fuck about hockey.
1: And you make me watch more fucking hockey. How dare you? Well, come on. We're watching Star Trek, a space show set in the 24th century. And we have spent time in an Irish village with a guy watching TV from the 50s with a guy singing old opera songs. This is not a very space show, is it? Mm. (laughs) But actually, I did like all that TV stuff. I liked um, this is my good thing. Uh, this is probably the best look at the Tom Bellana domestic Mm -hmm. relationship we've seen. Like we see them in passing. We see, we usually see them bicker and we don't usually see them cuddled up as a couple being happy. Mm -hmm. And Mm. when he first steps off the shuttle and and walks out of the, the I I said the airlock at first, but it's not an airlock on on this. They don't have any kind of quarantine or airlock or anything like that.
2: No, of course, why on earth would (laughs) they have that? What a stupid (laughs) thing to have.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but when he just steps out of the shuttle, probably contaminated directly onto the uh, deck of the ship, uh, she runs up and hugs him. And that w- it was a sweet moment. And it continues into, is it their quarters or do they still live separately?
2: No, no, it's their quarters now, I believe. Okay. Yeah. To, the, to
1: their quarters. And she, set, she spent all his time away setting up this whole dumb 20th century thing, which was super sweet. Yeah. Like she, she got a TV and she got popcorn and, and like a couch, like this whole mm-hmm. thing. And it was so <laughs> and cute. And a coffee table. Yeah, up up to and including the part where she got bored with it and fell asleep. Yep, like, yep. that's all very in character. I no. actually
0: kind of love that shot of just, like, watching, you know, Tom watching TV and Bell's behind him laying down on the
1: couch just <laughs> asleep. Yeah, she did a nice thing for him, but that doesn't mean she's going to like it. And that yeah. makes it even a little more selfless in a way. So, yeah. you know. Also, like,
2: considering how quickly it takes to eat a bowl of popcorn, she passes out fucking fast.
1: <laughs> well, She OD'd on carbs and just, like, had yeah. to have a little nap. <laughs>
2: What on earth are you watching? Oh, it's great. It's called Amos and Andy.
1: Oh, no. no. I am sleeping now.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I liked all that. And unfortunately, it was almost ruined by me thinking that Tom's TV was haunted. But then that didn't happen. So. <laughs>
2: what did it, you think was it was just a cute Did, did, did you think no. it was like Poltergeist or something?
1: Just I, No, that would make too much sense. I just, I, seriously, like I said, I thought they were trying to jam in a, a Twilight Zone type, like what he sees on the tv is really
0: real Ooh. oh shut up brandon I, I,
2: i'm sorry i just keep picturing paris yelling it yelling in janeway's face you built the ship but you didn't move the bodies
0: <laughs> they built it on an ancient amos and andy burial ground that's oh, exactly God. right <laughs> uh wow, what was your good thing um I, I really liked that the uh the camera felt really different in this episode to me and maybe maybe this is a, a thing where it's just I'm paying attention more during the episodes that I have to be, come yeah, on and talk about it are. but it, it feels like there was more handheld shots and kind of more creative blocking uh, and, and just like more mm. telling some of the story with the way that the camera moved than I usually see on the show. No,
2: I, I, I noticed your note on that and I, I actually really agree with you I think especially wow. like during all the war crap I think. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, see I
1: completely disagree with both of you I think the show whenever something strange is happening they do their goofy fisheye lens and whenever something action is happening they do mm. their little handheld thing it's always like they have the same five tricks that they pull
0: out for whatever kind of episode it, it is, didn't and, it didn't feel like the same tricks to me but uh, yeah, I enough. agree with. it you. felt like all new tricks <laughs> <laughs> alright <laughs> uh, what else
2: the fuck else happened in this fucking
0: episode oh i liked it i like the design of the little uh memorial obelisk thing it kind of looked like the Kirok temple
2: yeah we mm. both had that note yeah <laughs> <it>
0: definitely did <laughs> i i
2: will they give them went. this it looked fucking big
0: and it looked yeah. like they had built uh it looked like it made, they maybe built rebuilt the base level actually you know out there in, in the field but mm. then 3d tracked in the rest of the the you know the height of it yeah, could be. Um there was I I mean, just you know, looking at it critically, it looked like there was kind of a split there at some moments mm-hmm. where it wasn't quite locked, but <laughs> it, was, still, it was really well I, done.
1: Mm-hmm. I am always willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Even when it looks a little faky by like twenty seventeen standards, like they're yeah. trying. And yeah, if oh, it yeah. doesn't look like Planet Hell, and if they're doing something a little different, I always give full marks for like, good, try something new, do something a little different. Like Yeah.
0: Oh, no, I I totally mean that as praise. I, you know, it's like I I can tell this stuff just because, you know, I used to look at this stuff critically for a living. So I've learned to, you know, pick up the little tells on that kind of stuff. But no, it was really well done. And I I was impressed with the design of it. I
1: I did think it was a bit of a waste of a location shoot overall, though. Like they were just (laughs) in a little public park. Yeah. I don't know. Like they could have just as easily like I hate Planet Hell. I'm so sick of Planet Hell. But. This could have been
0: done on Planet Hell. There was no need for them to go on location. Do they even have Planet Hell anymore? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it pops up every third week. I thought they just had that like little cave system, and I, I don't recall seeing any exteriors on Planet Hell recently.
1: Mm, they, they have. I can't think of a one immediately, but there, there definitely has been. Yeah. And it's the same thing every time. It, oh, oh, it's well. the... it's Actually, the, I think they used it in bits of this episode with the uh, battlefield stuff, because it was that, like, dentist's oh, really? office jungle that they do with, like, five
0: <laughs> potted plants. <laughs> huh. I thought that was location, too, but, maybe, you know, maybe you're right.
1: Well, if it was, it was then <laughs> it, made it was, to look like it was night and looked really shitty. It but, was the location
2: yeah. that didn't have any ferns, so they had to provide some... <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> No, yeah, the thing maybe. is
1: when we when we got to the actual planet there was daylight and it looked like natural light. But mm-hmm. all the all the war stuff was shot in low light or whatever, sort dimmed later. Like you you would know more than I about how they actually did it, but mm-hmm. like because it was all dark and murky, it like wouldn't yeah. have mattered if they went on location, you know what I mean? It was just like in the dark, stumbling around in the dark for some reason. Fair enough. And tripping over ferns. <laughs> Who put
2: this fern here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think Charlie did, Matt. I
2: hate Charlie. Me, okay. sir.
1: i got for Charlie. No, 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 not that Charlie. Just,
2: you know. <laughs> oh, I'm Charlie. sorry. Uh, for some reason, I automatically jumped to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia's Charlie.
1: Oh, no, no, no. No, I am. I'm, uh, I'm I, talking about Vietnam because this whole war thing was just so clearly Vietnam. Oh. Yep, that
2: makes much more sense than what I said.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, what else?
2: <clears throat> and other things also happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I got.
2: Oh man.
0: Oh the uh the name of the planet is Turakus, which I assume is more than one Arrakis.
2: Oh I had a similar note <laughs> to that, which was Turakus
1: <laughs> Toon <Thun> Desert Planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've been they are this is like the third planet in the last like six weeks that's had a very similar name to it. Yeah, Arrakis. apparently
2: they hired a writer who really likes Dune.
0: Mm-hmm. Which
2: I, I understand. It's a good book, but uh Is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, okay. the first one is. No, no, I, I look, I read that as recently as, la- uh, like, last year. Like, it's a good I one. got
1: a very distinctive Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God, this guy from this house of this this long history. Here's 10 pages of the history of this rock. And like, no,
2: you're right. <laughs> but it I just like... wasn't
1: my
0: thing. Like, if there was a story there, I would have enjoyed it. It was just too well, much world building for no, me. I tolerated I, I, I Dune, like... and I could not tolerate any of the Lord of the Rings stuff. No,
2: I agree completely. <laughs>
1: Fair enough.
0: Mm.
2: It, it, it's the whole lasers versus swords thing. Any day of the week I'll take
1: lasers. No mm. that, that that doesn't bother me. It's just the like either way. I would mm. enjoy a good uh, fantasy book if it wasn't all like telling me all where everyone was from and what house they're in. And, uh, mm, this is Like I don't man. like a Star Trek book about Klingons that talk about houses too much. I
0: just houses are boring. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no one cares about your house.
0: <laughs> right. You're a teddy bear with claws. <laughs> say lot? yeah all right i don't know me neither i'm just saying words now
1: yeah that's you what we about, do you
2: talking about say uh tasha yar's uh baby from another planet
0: yeah sure am mm-hmm. i guess we've changed what we're calling that now rightfully so <laughs> <laughs> matt how are these skeletons not your good thing
2: Oh yeah, good question. There were some really fine-ass skeletons in this episode. The the, the, prob- the problem, Robert, is that the skeletons were not complete and therefore not perfect. Oh. I, need a per- I need a perfect skeleton to enjoy.
1: All right, so you are a connoisseur of fine skeletons.
2: <laughs> that is correct. I am a skeletonographer,
1: and yet there's you hate anything the human we... body and it disgusts you. Yep, but what's if... inside of it
2: fascinates me.
1: Well, fair enough.
2: Throw all of the bits away and give me the bones.
0: Ah, I see. Nothing left but your bones. And then
2: wrap them in metal, for it will please me.
0: If there's anything we know about Matt, I think he's a connoisseur of fine skeletons. That is true. (laughs) And he he has an old truck he likes to work on. He has has a tugboat he likes to work on.
2: (laughs) Old truck I can't drive, but I like to work
1: on. Uh, Anything else?
0: Nah. Nope. Bob, you got a quote? Uh, oh yeah, here's an out-of-context quote from Kate.
1: What the hell are you doing? Stand aside. They're already dead. All right. I enjoy me a good (laughs) out-of-context quote from Kate as much as the next guy. Who
0: doesn't?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I like that lady. Mm -hmm. Indeed. She entertains me. Well, Bob, as ever, it was uh, it was fine having you on the show. It was it was a blast. It was a hoot.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. what I was
1: going to say, and I stopped myself from saying it, but I'm going to go ahead and
0: commit to it. It was a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> I also hooted. Very good.
2: As far as maps go, this is definitely one I was a part of.
0: Was it a
1: hoot nanny?
2: <laughs> nah, let's not go nuts.
0: It's a hoedown. Fair enough. I like making you, uh,
2: podcasts I really, really do
1: <laughs> Bob, why don't you uh, give us your plug in the form of a hoedown No, 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 no no. Oh, D- no. Just, just plug your
0: show I really, really uh, <laughs> uh, I also host a podcast called The Optical Which is uh, about the history of uh, film technology and visual effects And uh, you can find that at opticalpodcast.com
1: very well. Uh, next week, our friend Scott Zioko, who has never officially appeared on the show in a reviewing capacity, he showed up once to uh, gloat about winning his bet and then to uh, acknowledge that he'd lost a bet. Uh, but that's it. Uh, he'll be joining us for the first time uh, next week for nice. an episode featuring wrestling's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So look Make forward to it. Make
0: sure to, to turn up for that. I can smell yeah. it already. Until then, see
1: you, folks. The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017.
0: Please don't sue us. We're 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 still just doing this.